chapter 4, verse 20 to 27. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Miss Alice. Happy birthday, number 98. And may God bless you as you approach 100 in your 99th years. That was a great way to start the day with that music, with the reading of scripture. Today we're going to look at, this will be the second week of our themes from Proverbs. If you recall last week, we looked at the fear of the Lord, the fear of God, and how important that is in a true believer's life. Today, we're going to look at the theme from Proverbs of guarding your heart. How should we guard our heart in today's world? This is from the perspective of King Solomon speaking to his son. The first seven or eight chapters of the book of Proverbs are almost a dialogue between King Solomon speaking to his son. Now this also applies to the ladies in the room. King Solomon speaks to all of us, especially to our mind and to our heart. Let's look at the top of page two. We're going to briefly look at four points today. The first point is earnestly fight sin and follow after God's holiness. The second point today is keep your heart with all diligence to avoid committing sin. The third point is always speak graciously and set your eyes upon Jesus. The last point today is sincerely commit to walk God's preordained path for your life. As we learned last week, one of the requisites to salvation is a fear of God. It would be difficult for any individual to truly be born again without a fear of God. Once you're saved, perhaps the most important thing is our daily walk with the Lord. It's a desire to draw close to God. Just like we have a physical heart beating in our body, really the essence of our soul and our born again spirit is our heart condition. And in the spirit world, we can't see our heart, but the Lord desires it to be clean before him. Let's look at Proverbs 4.20. This is Solomon speaking. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my saying. Solomon is instructing his son to attend to his words. That's an act of participation. If I tell my children, please attend to your chores, they have certain requirements that they have to do to fulfill that obligation. So Solomon is saying to his son, attend, listen up, pay attention to my words. And he says, incline your ear. When I was in kindergarten, you learn everything you need in life in kindergarten, right? 
our kindergarten teacher would say, this is going to be important. Put on your listening cap. And all the children in the kindergarten would put on a, a pretend hat or a cap, and then they would listen to her. And Solomon is saying, incline your ear. Listen thoroughly and intently to what I'm going to say. Proverbs 23, 26. This is Solomon saying, my son, give me your heart. Let your eyes observe my ways. This is an important statement for a dad. Children follow in their footpaths, in the footsteps of their mom and their dad. And Solomon is saying, give me your heart. I will live righteously and judiciously before you and observe my ways. Make sure that I'm not double-minded. And Paul actually told the church that follow after me as I follow after the Lord. And if we instruct our children this way, if they are following us, we must be godly parents. Jeremiah 17.9 warns us. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Solomon is instructing us to guard our heart, and Jeremiah is telling us that this heart is desperately wicked. There is nothing absent the grace of God in our lives that anyone in this room couldn't do with a, a sin nature that we have. Remember, man is woefully sinful. He has a depraved heart. And this verse is teaching us who can know it. Our heart is full of deceit. Our heart will lie to us. Our heart will tell us that sin is enjoyable, but the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The next verse, Jeremiah 17, 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. When the Bible says the Lord tries our reins, that means our innermost being. The Lord knows every thought and every attitude and every action that we are all about. And he searches the heart. He knows our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's why we need the Lord in our life. We need the Lord to look upon, to follow after, and to clean us, to forgive us from our sins. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When we look at the consequences of sin in our life, our bodies are aging, for example, because of sin. The Lord doesn't want to leave us in a fearful condition. Not the proper fear of the Lord. This is a, a fear of worrying about what will happen in our life. He said, let not your heart be troubled. This innermost being that we have, neither be afraid. The worst thing that can happen to us in this room is we will pass. But if you are a Christian, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's a wonderful condition as a Christian to have that belief, that faith, that one day we will all go home. And when you look at it from that perspective, why be afraid? Proverbs 4.21 Let them not depart from thine eyes, 
Keep them in the midst of thine heart. So these words of wisdom that Solomon is telling to his son, he says, let them not depart from your eyes. This morning when we were talking about this in the junior's Bible class, I held up a pen and I said, would it be reasonable for me to walk all day long with this pen in front of my eyes? Of course, it, it got a few chuckles and laughs. That would be ridiculous to do that. But God's word in the spirit world, he wants us to be focused on that. He says, let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst, in the middle of your heart. God's word should always be foremost and center in our life. Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 6. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. This is Moses speaking to the Israelite nation. Jesus said these same words in the New Testament. Our number one objective as we walk through life is to honor God. And how do we do that? With all of our being, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God really is asking us for everything. We have to surrender all in order to truly love, serve our Jesus, Lord, and King. The next verse, Deuteronomy 6, 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when they walkest by the way, when thou lie down, and when thou risest up. One of the commands that the Lord has given me from this verse is I need to teach my children. Now they're getting older, two are married, and I only have two boys that are teenagers, but they still look to me as a spiritual leader in their life. God says these words should be with us when you sit down at dinner time. It says when you lay down at nighttime, when you close your eyes, you should be talking to the Lord. I couldn't fall asleep last night. I needed to have sleep because this is a very important time of my week when I speak to you and I have the privilege to preach. So I started saying a memory verse in my mind. And after a five minutes or whatever, I, I don't know, I fell asleep. And I slept well. And that's the advantages of a Christian. People in the world, they would go find a drug, maybe some medicine in their cabinet to knock them out. We have the word of God. Here it says, when thou liest down, if you have a problem sleeping, maybe something's on your mind, open the Bible. Or if you know some memory verses, start saying them. God will give you peace, and he will give you a wonderful rest. And he says, when you rise up, the first thing we should do in the morning is praise God. All of you should have a devotion time during the day. Most of us are strongest in the morning. That's when our mind is most clear. That's when we have the most strength. Let's give the Lord the best that we have of each day. Start the day in a devotion, maybe reading scripture, talking to him. However you do that, give him that time of day when thou risest up. Psalms 73, 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Our flesh and our heart will fail, but God is our strength. Many of us have had gardens in the past. It's almost springtime where you can put in the seedlings 
for the tomatoes. Well, the thing about a tomato is when it grows up to maybe 8, 10 inches, 12 inches tall, if you don't stake it, it's going to fall over. That tomato plant needs a stake in it to handle the stem to really be most productive during the summer months. The same thing in our life. The Lord is the strength of our heart. And he is our portion forever. We will always be in the Lord. Our body becomes a temple of the Holy Ghost. And we will be with the Lord forever. He is our strength. When we need that strength in our life, claim it. It's a promise. This is one of those promise verses. Matthew 6, 22 and 23. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. If our focus is upon him, we have a singular purpose in life, and that's to honor Christ. But when darkness comes into our world, or for the person who's not saved, they hate the light of the gospel. They love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. People can fall into patterns of sin. We need to get the singular purpose, our singular focus upon Jesus, because he is the light of the world and he is the light of our heart and our mind. Second point today, keep your heart with all due diligence and avoid committing sin. Keeping our heart out of sin is a full-time job. When we wake up in the morning, it's easy to sin. It's easy to have a bad attitude. And all through the day, there are bombarding communications and messages that hit our brain. And many of them are really satanic in nature. Their intention is to cause sin. We need to keep our heart with all diligence. That means with a strong effort. Proverbs 4.22 For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So this verse has a double promise. If we honor God and we guard our heart, God says this is life unto all them that find this guard in their life. But do you notice it also says it's health to all flesh. People that guard their hearts, they push away the lusts of the flesh, which are mostly sinful. You think about drugs and alcohol and living in carnality. There are so many things that the world promotes that draw and sap the strength from our flesh and cut years off of our lives. How many smokers wish they never picked up their first cigarette? Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. These are very powerful verses. Jesus gives the picture of our heart being a stone. Stones are dead. Stones are cold. Stones don't do anything 
except they tend to hurt people. That is our heart condition before our salvation. But Jesus is the only one who totally controls our spiritual destiny as far as salvation. He has quickened us. We are dead. There's nothing we can do in our own strength to be saved. We need that godly sorrow for our sins because it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who quickens our soul. And Jesus says, when I put this heart of flesh in you, when you're born again, it says he will cause you to walk in his statutes. And he will cause you to keep his judgments. And he will cause you to do them. It almost seems that our choices in life become more and more minimalized. I see many times in my life, it's almost like God has you on a short leash and he doesn't allow you to do certain things. How many of you have trained a dog as you were growing up and you put them on a leash and you let them run? But as you want to bring them in and train them, you pull that leash in closer and closer and closer to you. And the Lord does that with a true Christian. He draws you closer and closer to him and he says, I will cause you to walk in my statutes to keep my judgments and to do them. That's very powerful. Top of page three. Psalms 51, verse 10 and 11. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. David penned this psalm after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan for his sins with Bathsheba of adultery and murder of Uriah and the other soldiers who died with him. He truly repented of his sin. And he's saying to Jesus, create in me a clean heart. When we fall into sin, if it's a big sin or a little sin, we always can go to the Lord and confess our sins because he is faithful to forgive us. David is really crying out, create in me a clean heart. He wanted to have that freshness of fellowship once again with the Lord. You think about David, he was a shepherd. Many days and weeks and months that he spent alone with the Lord. He had a very close relationship with God. Two times in the Bible, it says David had a heart after the Lord. What a privilege to have that as your definition in life. But it also shows how far a true Christian can fall into sin. David wanted to have that clean heart again. Mark 7, 21 and 22. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil lie, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. The New Testament, on several occasions, lists many sins. Here is a list of sins that many of us have, in our lifetimes, have committed. And look at it, it all originates. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed all of these evil sins. Our heart is deceitful. 
Don't let it fool us. We need to keep a guard around our heart. The next verse, Mark 7, 23. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. If we went to a restaurant and we sat down at the table and the waitress brought out a soft drink or perhaps an iced tea and you were just about to take a sip out of that glass and then you saw at the top a lipstick stain. The glass had not been cleaned proper. You would not drink what was in that cup because it would be defiled in your eyes. Do you know that when we fall into patterns of sin, we are defiled before the Lord? I heard a pastor once say in a message, God takes that glass and puts it up on the shelf away and he's not going to use it until it's clean. Just like we would not use that cup to drink out of until it was clean. We need to have our vessel clean before the Lord. And that all originates in guarding our heart. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is a consistent theme. Once again, Solomon is saying, keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because all the issues of life proceed out of your heart. When you're young, you have dreams and aspirations. I'm going to grow up and be a policeman, a nurse, fill in the blank. We want to get married. We want to have successful careers. We want to do some proper investments. We want to enjoy our vacations. We have many things that are in our lifetime and none of those are necessarily bad. But from the, all of those things, it originates in the heart. God is saying, out of our heart come all the issues of our life. In 2018 America, it's very easy to lose sight of our purpose, which is to bring glory to God's kingdom. And we can lose sight of that and start focusing in on things that are worldly, not necessarily sinful, but they take our objective off of God. There's a saying in business, to be successful, keep the main thing the main thing. And as a Christian, we need to keep the main thing, bringing glory to God, as our main thing. If you look at the next line on the handout, this is the Hebrew word for keep. It's notzar. And it basically means it's a primitive root. It means to guard in a good sense, protect, maintain, obey, observe, preserve. But it also has a bad connotation, to conceal hidden things. Think about your own life. When you want to be safe, you will guard things. We have security systems on our car and in our home. Many people have a safety deposit box at the bank. Those are all positive ways to guard ourselves. But do you know our tricky, nasty, evil heart will also protect the sin in our life? Many times we lie and then we have to cover up that lie with some more lies. Many men who commit adultery, they don't want their wife to know that. So they are protecting, they are keeping that secret. So do you see, this is a double-edged sword. Keeping our heart can be for God's glory, avoiding sin, but keeping our heart can also be against his kingdom by protecting our sins. We need to be very careful about how we keep our heart. Proverbs 3.3. 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. 
Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. We need to be merciful in our life. There are many things that cross our path that can cause us issues in our life, maybe even anger. Something as simple as somebody cutting you off. I saw when I was driving to church this morning, the person in front of me, a green pickup truck pulled literally within a couple of feet right in front of them. I was thinking, I hope that person has a Christian spirit because if they didn't, they would have been very upset. Things like that happen so quick in our life. We need to have mercy. And God says, don't let his truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Think about a pretty necklace. Ma'am, I see you have a beautiful necklace on today. I love that ornament, that shape, that pendant. Just as that necklace adorns your neck, think about in the spirit world this tablet with God's word written on it. And it's around our neck. And that pendant of God's word, that necklace, that beautiful word of God, it protects all of the things going into our mind from our heart. It's the gateway. And then it allows us to keep that single focus on God. And think about our tongue. Many times we have to think about what we say before we say it. Many times when I go into a meeting, I write down notes. And I ask the Lord, give me grace on my tongue during this meeting. Because we don't want to misstep. Once we speak a word, we can't get it back. It's into eternity. Matthew 6.21 For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Is your treasure upon the Lord, or is your treasure in the world? God says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. We need to focus that our treasure is for God's glory and honor. And you know God is a great God. He's never going to take away your reward. What you do for the Lord here, even if you give a cup of water in his name, will not go without reward. Something is simple. Miss Virginia, I think about you when I read that verse. You always have water. What a gracious way to show the love of the Lord. And you know, Miss Virginia, you will have rewards in heaven for that simple act of giving water. Matthew 15, 19, and 20. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Here's another one of these lists of sins. From God's perspective in the spirit world, we become dirty, we become defiled, we become unclean in his sight when we do any of these sins. And Jesus is speaking to the leaders of the Jews, the Pharisees. They were hung up on making sure their hands were clean before they ate their dinner. And yet he said they were whited sepulchers, dead man's bones, because they were on their way to hell. They were keeping these laws that made them look sanctimonious in front of men. But from God's perspective, they were unclean. And indeed, they were unsaved. And Jesus said to them, But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Point number three, always speak graciously and set your eyes upon Jesus. 
Proverbs 4.24 brings this out. We need to guard our tongue. And the best way to guard our tongue is to look for the Lord to lead us. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Froward is kind of a difficult word also. We have the definition here. In Hebrew, it means ikusha. It's even difficult to pronounce. But it means moving or facing away from something or someone. Difficult to deal with. Somebody who's perverse, distorted, false, crooked. This is not a good attitude or a good condition to be in. When you're moving away, that's moving away from the Holy Spirit. When we become forward in our nature, we're moving away from the Lord, from His presence, from His blessings in our life. Proverbs 17.20 He that has a forward heart finds no good, and he that has a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. When we're walking away from the Lord, we're not going in the right direction. That direction is going to lead into chaos, calamity, and sin. The Bible says we will find no good at the end of that path. This verse also says, He that has a perverse tongue, a wicked tongue, falls into mischief. When I read this verse, I think about different kids that I, and young men that I grew up in my younger years. How many times have young men gotten into fights? Probably women, for that matter, also. Because they had unguarded tongues. They were bragging, they were in pride, they were being disrespectful, and all of a sudden, the fists fly. And then a few minutes later, the police arrive. It's because their perverse tongue results in mischief. Colossians 3, 8 and 9. But now you also put off these, all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Here's another list of these sins that the New Testament has. And many of these are focused and centered on what we say. It says, don't have blasphemy. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. That's one of the commandments. If you do that, you're breaking. Or filthy communication. It's very easy for people... To be in a setting, for example, at work, where people are telling bad jokes. We don't need to have any of that in our life. It's easy to turn on the television station and see filthy communication. It's easy to even turn on the radio. Many stations have filthy communications. We need to guard our ear gates. And why? This verse says, seeing we have put off the old man. The old man is Adam. The old man is the sin nature. It's the flesh. It's the carnality that we have in the old man. But when you're born again, we're a creature in Christ. Jesus is the new man. He's the second Adam. And now we take on his Holy Spirit nature. And we have to live for the Lord because we are now his child. James 1.26 If any man among you seem to be religious... And bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. There are many people that try to live a religious life, 
but they can't hold their tongue. It's easy to sin with our tongue. We can just sit in a chair on the telephone. We're not even expending energy. And we can sin with our tongue. Out of the issues of the heart are driving the conversations of our life, which include what we say with our tongue. And the Bible goes on to say that if we have this problem in our life, our religion is vain. Vanity means it's empty, it's useless. It's like eating cotton candy when you need a good, hearty three-course meal. Proverbs 4.25, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Once again, this verse is focused upon our vision, our spiritual vision needs to be right on and let our eyelids look straight before the Lord. We're not to look left and right in our life because that's getting off the path. That's looking into the darkness of sin. Our focus has to be singular upon the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. Job 31.1 I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? In this world today, this is a very applicable verse. It applies not only to men, it's mentioning a maid here, but what this is doing is we need to guard our eyes. Jonathan, you're very aware in this world, it's easy to lust after the flesh. Job said, I made a covenant. A covenant is a promise that cannot be broken. Not to think upon lustful thoughts. For teenagers, they need to focus in on this verse. This should be one of the memory verses all young men put into their memory of verses that they memorize. Because there's a lot of wickedness out there. Pornography is probably the number one sin of young men, especially in the church. Let's look at the top of page four. Psalm 97.11. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. This light of the world, the Holy Spirit's power, it's sown for the righteous. The righteous are the saved. The righteous are the Christians. And that's why God gives us this light. And what happens? It says, for gladness for the upright in the heart. Jesus will give us joy in our life. Even when we're dead tired, God can give us joy. Even when we're mourning the loss of somebody who's passed, God can give us joy. This joy is for the righteous. Psalm 119, 37. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Many things in this world are full of vanity, and it's easy to get caught up in the glitz of this world. We see the commercials for these brand new cars. They look so beautiful. They only cost $50,000. <laughs> I saw where General Motors has their first pickup truck that the list price is over $100,000. That's amazing. These are the glitzy things of the world that turn our eyes and behold vanity. 
Lord, take away those things from our desires. They shouldn't be in our heart. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. As we guard our heart, we should endeavor and strive to be holy. The Bible says, be ye holy as I am holy. Jesus, his attribute of holiness is defined holy, holy, holy. This is the most emphasized attribute of the Lord. God wants us to be holy in our life. How do we do this? We have to fight sin. That's our mission in life, our mission statement, fight sin. And as we fight sin and we default to the Lord, he will draw us to him and he is the source of all holiness. The fourth point today, sincerely commit to walk God's preordained path for your life. If you are saved today, the Bible has a preordained path for you to walk in. And it's discussed in detail in Ephesians chapter 2. It's a beautiful discussion. It's a pathway that God has preordained before the foundations of time that we should walk in them. Proverbs 4.26 builds upon this. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Ponder means you think about it. How many times did you sit in your seat? It's really not daydreaming. You're thinking about the things that have happened in the past. You're pondering maybe benchmarks, great events that happened in your life. Or maybe you're thinking about what you need to do today or this week or this month. You're pondering them. Well, the Bible says ponder the path where your feet go. Not just in the physical world, but where are your paths, your feet taking you in the spirit world? Because God wants that path to go to his throne. And he says, let all your ways be established. For a Christian, the only path that is established into eternity, that has a reward at the beam of seat, is what's established in Christ. See, every pathway that has a sin tied to it, it's going to be tested with fire, and it's going to burn up at the bema seat. It's wood, hay, and stubble. It doesn't benefit the Lord's kingdom or us at all into eternity. But when we ponder the path of righteousness and holiness, it says those ways will be established, both here in our life and into eternity. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. When my children were little, at least with my boys, Christian and Justin, when they were just old enough to stand up, maybe like 12 months, 13 months, and they were just starting to walk, I would put them on the countertop, and then I would get down, I'd squat down, and I'd say, Christian, jump into my arms. And they knew it was a game and they would be kind of like laughing, but they were afraid to jump off the countertop. They were wondering, is dad really gonna catch me? But eventually they would do it. Then they had to trust that I would catch them. This verse is saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, our heart is deceitful. 
it's going to say I should trust in my fill in the blank, my own personal strength, my family, my job, my money, my car, my girlfriend, my wife, my children. Lord says, trust in me. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. We think we know many things in our life. We talked about this last week. Kids, when they're young, they don't know what they don't know. But as we get older, we look back on our life and we realize how much we didn't know. Proverbs 11.5 The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall into his own wickedness. When we're a child of God and we live before the Lord with clean intentions and purposes, that righteousness will perfect and direct our ways. That doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. Many times the Lord gives us tests in our life to grow our faith. And through faith is how we're pleasing the Lord. So it would really be a mundane life if we didn't have things that came into it that really made life more interesting. Sometimes they're difficult, but when we look back on how the Lord brings us through those issues, it's really what gives us the beauty of our life with the Lord. Proverbs 16, 17. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keeps his way preserves his soul. How many times in our life do we become vexed with issues of our own making? We didn't go to the Lord in prayer. Or perhaps we just outright knew we were doing sin and we decided to do the sin anyway. The issues that come out of that are of our own making. And that pathway, the Bible here says the highway of the upright. That highway, not just like a road on going through town, but the highway. Spiritually elevated way. Because the sin is on either side. And we have to get off God's path for us to walk into that sin. But the highway, that elevated way of holiness, of the upright, the Christian, is to depart from evil. God's elevated highway in the spirit world is never going to bring you into sin. Acts 8, 21, 22. This is Peter speaking to Simon the sorcerer when he wanted to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. He was actually blaspheming and he didn't even know that he was doing this. Peter Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. You see the heart issue? Peter was looking at him from a spiritual point of view and said, In God's eyes, your heart is not right. Anyone who's not saved their heart is not right in the sight of God. And when we fall into sin, our heart is not right in the sight of God. But Peter also gives the prescription to take care of the issue. He says, repent therefore of this thy wickedness. And that's really what we need to do. When we fall into sin, which is wickedness before the Lord, repent therefore of your wickedness. 
And then he goes on to say, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. See, Simon the sorcerer, he was blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Jesus had defined blasphemy of the Holy Spirit as an unpardonable sin. Peter saw this, and he's saying, pray that perhaps the Lord will forgive you. Acts 15, 8 and 9. This is farther in the book of Acts, and this is Peter speaking again to the Jews about the Gentiles and God's graciousness in giving salvation to not only to the Jew, but also to the Gentile. And God, which knows the hearts. <laughs> How many of these verses focus in on God knowing our heart? And God, which knows the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. So Peter is saying, just like the Holy Spirit came upon us at Pentecost, God has also given this Holy Spirit to the Gentiles and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts, those Gentile hearts, by faith. Praise God. Most of us in this room are Gentiles. How do we get saved? Through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Proverbs 4.27 Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. On this preordained path that God has for us, don't go to the right. When you veer off into the right, you're not on the highway, the elevated way. You're going to the, into the world of sin. The same thing when you veer off into the left. You're going into the world of sin. This verse says, turn not right nor left, but remove your foot from the evil. If you do happen to go right or left, falling into that path of sin, God says, remove your foot. It's almost like, did you ever go walking with new shoes on, clean shoes? You're not paying attention. I remember I was walking on a sidewalk once and I had my dress shoes on. The lip of the sidewalk, I wasn't paying attention and I slipped off of it and it literally went into mud six inches deep. By the time I caught myself, the mud was over my shoes. That's what happens in the spirit world. When we get off God's preordained path and we step into that sin we have to clean up just like I had to go home and clean my shoes we need to have our souls clean and we do that by confessing our sin and forsaking them Psalm 139 23 search me O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts this is really a bold statement from David He's saying, Lord, I am so clean, not in my own righteousness, because of the power of your Holy Spirit. He's saying, Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me, test me, and know my thoughts. Lord, my thoughts are clean before you. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. David was taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I have thoughts during the week that are not obedient to Christ. And I don't really want them taken before the Lord. He sees them anyway. Have you ever heard the pastor say, how many of you would you want to put on a big flat screen television all the thoughts that we thought this week for the world to see? None of us would. But God sees all of our thoughts. And David said, search me and know my heart and know my thoughts. And then he goes on to say in the next verse, 
and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Try me, test me, and see if there's any wickedness in my life. And perhaps there is, because sometimes we see through fog-colored glasses. But Jesus sees perfectly clear. You know, the Bible says, now we see through a glass darkly. That's because of the sin in the world. But then face to face, one day we will see all things clear as God sees them. And David says, lead me in the way everlasting. If I have sinned in my life, lead me into purity with you, Lord. Psalm 5.8. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of thine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. The psalmist here is saying, Lord, your righteousness, lead me in it because of your enemies. Many people get saved through the testimonies, the unspoken words of Christians. Those Christians that are dying right now, I saw in a northern African country, they were burning the Christian villages yesterday and killing Christians. You know that those are testimonies. Those martyrs are testifying to those people who are murdering them. Our testimony as a Christian speaks volumes. And it's for the lost, for God's enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. And then the last verse today, this is from the book of James. Very powerful book. James almost speaks in like bullet points. And each bullet point has so much wisdom and information to draw upon and to apply in our life. This verse, James 4, 8, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw nigh means to draw close, get close to the Lord. We like to be close to the people in our life that we love. God wants us to draw nigh to him. When we draw nigh to him, we're in his presence. Draw close to God and he draws close to you. Then he goes on to say, cleanse your hands. Many times in the physical world, we can do things that are evil with our hands. But in the spirit world, the hands represent the activity that we do, the means of our production in the spirit world. And we need to cleanse our hands before the Lord. And he says, purify your hearts. And do you notice how he ends this verse? You double-minded. How many times did we convince ourselves to do something because it was in the best interest of somebody else? But it was really a selfish thought. We were being double-minded. And James also says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We don't want to be unstable or double-minded before the Lord. He's telling us to purify ourselves. Have clean thoughts, have a clean mind, clean motives, and clean actions. And that's how we set this guard around our heart. It's very important. When I pray with Josiah and Justice, my two youngest, invariably, I will end the prayer with, Lord, put a spiritual hedge of protection around them. And they hear me say this. And don't let them have any bad friends. Because teenagers are under significant peer pressure. I don't want them to have bad friends. 
And I want them to be protected by the angels in the spirit world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful passage of scripture from Proverbs chapter 4. And it teaches us to guard our heart. Just as Solomon was teaching his son to guard his heart, Lord, your Holy Spirit teaches us Christians to guard our hearts. And today we looked at just a few of the verses that are in the gospel, hundreds of verses that deal with our heart and our heart issues. And Lord, this is a tremendous topic that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us in this room and this week would guide us. And Lord, we all have lost family members and friends that we know are not in the kingdom. Lord, our prayer request today is that you would open up doors where we can witness to these people and perhaps share the gospel with them and they would be born again and come into your kingdom. And Jesus, we ask all of these things in your name. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to go to the cross and for your Holy Spirit being with us today. Holy Spirit, don't let us quench you this week. We ask all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Number 461 in your hymn books is He Leadeth Me. Number 461. Father God, thank you that you do lead us 
thank you that like the other song we sang today, because you live, we can face tomorrow. That life is worth the living just because you live. Pray, Lord, that that thought, that understanding, that knowledge would permeate our hearts and lift us up and give us joy and, and cause us to share that with others. Father, thank you for your blessed word that Mr. Jim so fervently prepares for us. Thank you for Miss Alice and the years and years of service that she's done. Just, Father God, thank you so much for these saints. Bless them, protect them, guard them. And uh, it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday.